0: hey what's up everybody it's your favorite quarterback hater robert Mathis, and you're listening to the
1: for the culture podcast this is the for the culture podcast i'm your host Luke diamond with my man jason spears the loss is still fresh losing to the jaguars on sunday we haven't even gotten to wild card weekend yet which kicks off on Saturday, so the playoffs are approaching. The Colts aren't in the playoffs. The Colts had a 98% chance to make the playoffs following that Christmas Day win against the Cardinals, which was a great win. Had a bunch of players out due to COVID. Were able to win that game. Incredible, incredible victory. Then you just need one out of two against the Raiders in Week 17 and the Jaguars in Week 18. They can't win either game. They have a four-point lead late against the Raiders. Can't hold on. Going to Jacksonville, who was two. And 29 since they beat us in week one of last year. And we couldn't go to Jacksonville and even compete with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So those losses are still fresh. Not making the playoffs is still fresh. But there's an offseason coming up and moving parts that are already beginning to move. Which kind of started today with Chris Ballard and his press conference. Jason, you put out a couple tweets this week. Some basically confirm that you leaked this week just based on what Ballard said today, if you play, connect the dots. So another offseason as we get this thing going. It sucks we're not playing this weekend, but what could you do at this point? You lost. You have to get the team better. You have to get the roster better, and you have to get the organization heading in a better direction heading into 2022.
0: Yeah, and there's no question. Um, This this loss and the way this season ended was devastating, not only for us as fans, but if you watched you know the, the hard knocks in season, it was devastating for the players. But I'll tell you what, there might not be a person more devastated than Jim Irsay. Nobody's more upset than he is. The organization is really, really at a crossroads here right now. And the question is and has been, do we stay with Wentz for one more year or do we admit we made a mistake, cut bait and move on? What I've been told is, after the game, okay, after the game, we'll go through, we'll kind of go through it chronologically. Mm-hmm. So after the game Sunday, they got back to Indy. He immediately went to his office and met with Ballard and Reich. He never does that. Never. It's the first time he's done it all, you know, you know, since they've been here, after a game. You know, what I was told was it was basically a come to Jesus meeting, meaning he laid it out for him. This is unacceptable. This is embarrassing. He wanted answers. He was not happy at e- with either one of them, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Ballard has failed in some regard. Reich failed in a lot of regards. The team failed, and it's all on everybody. But the number one question and issue, obviously, is the quarterback and the play of that quarterback in the last eight weeks of this season outside of maybe one game. Mm-hmm. And and not even really course. a
1: game, Jason. Outside of, I would say, two or three throws against the Cardinals. Because people cool. keep talking about that Cardinal game like he had a great game. He really didn't. He made a couple of great throws. He's really one drive. It was was really one drive, drive, maybe two drives. But it was really just a handful of throws, including that play and the throw in the back of the end zone to Desmond Patman. But it's not like he had this great game where he was lighting it up. What was the stat you gave the last eight weeks, nine weeks? He never threw for 250 or something like that? In the last eight weeks, he threw for
0: 250 yards over 250 yards one time. That's a terrible Yeah, you can't win. I don't care how good your running game is. You can't win like that. And. We we were all all season long the reason why we wanted to run so much was because we thought that's the only way this team can win. If you the more you put on Wentz, the less he plays well. Mm-hmm. And he, and you saw that in the t- final two games. The more mental and physical strain he's under, the worse he plays. Absolutely. And you could you just you can't win like that. And yeah. listen, here's the bottom line. Urse really never wanted Wentz, but the thing I like about Ursay is he doesn't meddle like his father. He never liked Wentz, but he's going to let Ballard and Reich, if they're going to die, they're going to die on their own cross. He's not going to get in the way. He's not going to meddle. That's not who he is. That's why I love Ursi as an owner. He lets the GM GM. He lets the coach coach. But at the end of the day, they got to an answer to Ursay And the bottom line here is Ursay never wanted Wentz. Ballard allowed himself to be ta- talked into him. Mm-hmm. And Reich at this point is pretty much done with him. He's un- like the funniest thing I took from Reich's presser is he said, Carson's really coachable, which is one of the worst quotes I think he's ever made because he's not. It's clear. Yeah. That's just coach speak because he's making the same mistakes in week one as he made in week 18. And you guys saw after, you know, the Reich presser was after my tweet when I said nobody's happy on West 56 and I and I wrote nobody in capital letters, meaning Frank Reich, and
1: he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, this well, is Jason, not the guy. Also, I might even kind of lean towards – I don't really know what's going on with Frank Reich like in his mind, but if I'm Frank Reich and I stood on the table for this guy and the season played out the way it played out and he was awful down the stretch and you know you're going into a hot seat year in 2022, wouldn't you kind of, regardless of your beliefs on Carson Wentz, not die on that hill? You're better off taking a step back, keeping your mouth shut, letting Ballard go ahead with the quarterback going into next year and then going out and coaching. You really should not open your mouth if you're Frank Reich. So, whether Reich is is not whatever he feels right now, he should just go with whatever the narrative within the organization is. Okay, Chris feels this way. Ursay agrees with Chris. Let me just yes-man them on this. Because if I open my mouth and defend Wentz, I could be that much closer to the chopping block. Right Whoa. now, that's, I think, how Reich might be thinking about it. Only because... Think about the way he stood on the table for Jacoby. He didn't even go that far for Wentz. No. Well, that's and Wentz what I, that's was still was, better than Jacoby, obviously. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like The bottom line is
0: when, when they went in and met with him, they got their asses chewed out. Even Ballard admitted that today. He said he got his ass chewed out by, by Ursay. They both did. And he wanted answers, and this is unacceptable. And in a way, Luke, and this is going to sound crazy, it, it, we're in a bad spot. There's no sugarcoating that. But in a way – this might be the best thing to happen because I think they're going to, I mean, based on what I've been told, doesn't mean it's going to happen, guys. Okay. There's got to be two equal willing parties in every situation, but based on what I've been told, they're done with Wentz. And Mm -hmm. the day to look at is March 17th. That's when he's owed a guaranteed $7 million more. I think if they're going to keep him or get rid of him, we'll know by that date. And I think they're going to either trade him, if they can offload that contract, which I doubt, or they're just going to eat it and mm. deal with the dead cap. But here's what I know. Ballard and Reich met with Ursay Ursay aired, aired both of them out. Reich meets with the press the next day. They ask him, well, is he going to be your quarterback for 2022? For the first time since Frank Reich is here, He says, you know what? I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to go through the whole roster and break down where they stand with the organization or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. When we all know they're only going to ask about one guy. Yeah. Right. And in the previous three years, obviously, Andrew was going to be here. Then Jacoby was here. He was like, yeah, he's going to be our quarterback. Even after Phil, after the season last year with Phil, he said, yeah, Phil's. I expect Phil to be our quarterback in 2022. He didn't say that.
1: No. And And I think that's an answer in itself. The crazy thing is. The last two times he said they'll be back, they weren't back. This time he didn't right. say anything. So that really must tell you that they're at least going to entertain every possibility Ev- for him to yes. not be back. Correct. Like, we'll throw and- names out, right? Like Let's just throw out the big names. If it's Aaron okay. Rodgers, if it's Russell Wilson, if we throw out the big names, and this goes back to what we were saying last year about the pass rushers. The Colts right. were interested in some guys that they weren't able to land. They could have interest, of course, because you'd be stupid not to have interest in a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. If he's available, you're going to entertain it. If Russell Wilson's available for a trade, you're going to entertain it. That does not mean you're going to land them. Last year, they entertained Matthew Stafford. It got too pricey, two round picks, whatever that deal was. They weren't able to get it done. They kind of backed out, and then, of course, the Lions and Rams agreed to that big-time trade. So... Saying that they're interested in guys does not mean they're going to automatically get those guys. So, of course, that player, if it's a free agent, has opportunities and they have choices to make. And then if it's a trade, Seattle's putting Russell Wilson on the trade block. Other teams are going to call because he's a great quarterback. So it does not mean that, oh, the Colts are interested in this guy. They're going to get this guy. It just means they're interested. So right now, what I think is apparent, Jason, and I think – You obviously said it four days ago, if you want me to read your tweet real quick. You wrote, this is going to be an interesting offseason for the Colts. Keep an eye on the quarterback position. This could be a one-and-done situation. Nobody is happy with Wentz on West 56th. Nobody in capital letters. So you wrote that four days ago on Twitter before Reich talked, which you just talked about, and then Ballard today regarding Carson Wentz, quote, At the time, we felt that it was the right decision. I'm not going to make a comment on who is going to be here next year and who is not. End quote. If you can't say that your quarterback's going to be back next year when he's under contract and the first round pick you gave up to get him hasn't even been used yet by the Philadelphia Eagles, it's this upcoming draft. So once might be off the roster before that draft pick is even used. That tells me if you could put a quote like that out and you can't say that this guy's going to be back, that there's a strong chance that he's not back, especially because you're going to entertain other options, which means that's kind of hard to look him in the eye and put him back under center next year. So at this point, even if you can't get a Russell Wilson or you can't get an Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be pretty damn hard to sell Wentz to Wentz and it's going to be hard to sell Wentz to the locker room at this point. No question. And just to go back to Aaron Rodgers, a lot of people have been like, how are we ever going to get Aaron
0: Rodgers? Well, we, pro- we might not, who knows what, what's, what's going to happen, but here's how it could happen. Aaron Rodgers has a $46 million 2022 cap hit. Okay. $46 million. That's 20% of the cap. They're already going to be way over the cap. Okay. He, from what I've heard, He's not that happy in Green Bay. Now, is that because he just doesn't want to play anymore? Or is that specific to the Green Bay organization? I'm not an Aaron Rodgers expert. I don't know. But here's what I do know. If they release him, because I'm sure they'll try to trade him first. But if they release him, he can go wherever he wants. And the Colts, 150% will be all over that going after him. No question. No doubt. You don't have to question it. They will absolutely go after him if he's released. They're probably going to talk, try to talk to him even if he's not. And the same thing with Russell Wilson. You try to package a deal where it's Carson Wentz. Maybe you package Ryan Kelly in there because Penter – Kelly is a guy I think you're going to see traded. Whether or not – whatever happens with Wentz, I think you might see him traded because Penter played so well and he's expendable. It cuts down on the cap hit with Kelly. You got a guy on a rookie deal that, in my opinion, outplayed. Ryan Kelly in a short amount of time that he played. And then you maybe throw in a couple picks and that might make it, that might make it happen. You give him a quarterback, a pro bowl center and a couple of picks and maybe you get Russell Wilson. You don't know, but you make the call. The two names that I was told Sunday night were Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. That's what I was told. That doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I'm t- what I was, what I was told by my people were they're going to try to hit a home run. They are going to try to hit a home run. They're tired of dicking around with, with, you know, intermediate guys, you know, but if you can get a chance and they also, if those two guys aren't available, they're going to, they're going to look everywhere, whether that's the draft for a guy that nobody's talking about, you know, if, if Aaron Rodgers ends up somewhere else, say San Francisco, but if that's Garoppolo, who I know a lot of people like, but would fit perfect in our offense because he's accurate and he uses the check down to a T, and and, and and that's the, the next thing I wanted to mention, Luke, just about the type of quarterback we need here. We need a guy that's competitive, a guy that's accurate, a guy that gets rid of the ball quickly, and a guy that knows how to take what's there and doesn't try to force passes. A lot of our losses this year came down to him making absolutely brutal decisions. And the Colts, when they look for a quarterback – Outside of the two I mentioned, obviously, are Hall of Fame players. They're going to be looking for guys that can execute the offense, can process and get through their pass, you know, get through the the reads quickly and are able to get the ball out in rhythm. Carson Wentz is not that guy. We saw it over the span of the season. He regressed. He made the same mistakes. And it's just not enough. He's not enough. It's too volatile. The highs are too high. Where the highs are high, but the lows are so low, like below Jacoby low. So the Colts just have to move on. I think they're gonna move on. I think if you see Carson Wentz undersitter for this team next year, it's the, because nothing else, literally nothing else, was available. Because none of them, not Reich, not Ballard, not Ursa, believe in this guy. Ursa especially doesn't. So I I think the chances. Of him being back in Indianapolis are not very good. And I think what, what they saw from him down the stretch is the reason why. And they're gonna, I mean, and, and basically they're just gonna they're gonna look everywhere. They're gonna try, they're going to try to upgrade, whether it's a band-aid or not. They're trying to win. Like Ballard said today, they have a good team, but you have to have a passing game. Yeah. You can't win, it's a passing league. You need a pass rusher. And I thought Ballard Kind of took the blame for not signing a pass rusher today when he said, you know, somebody asked him, should you have, do you think you should have signed a veteran pass rusher? And he basically said, yes. And he, he should have. He made a huge mistake. I don't know why he didn't do that. I was told he was going to do that last year, but I guess the prices were too high. I don't know. But the bottom line is, he is, they're going, the Colts as an organization are going to attack this offseason with a fine tooth comb. They're going to trim the fat off this roster. I expect to see some cuts. I expect to see a lot of roster turnover, a new wide receiver room, probably, a new tight end room, probably, some of maybe an offensive lineman traded. I think you're going to, and obviously, you know, more, I think you're going to see a vet D lineman brought in, a vet corner brought in. I think you're going to see a lot of things. I think they're done screwing around with the, you know, band aid fixes. You know, last year they brought in like 12 crappy linemen, uh, you know, and then they finally got Reed and Pryor, who turned, turned out to be really good. But, you know, guys like Davenport and Tevi and a couple other guys, I think they're done screwing around with that kind of stuff. I think you're going to see them make moves this offseason that improve the team greatly. Because Ursay wants another – this is about Super Bowls. Not, and, and the thing is – and, Luke, we've talked about this off air. As much as we love Ballard, He's been here. This will next year is going to be what? Let's see. Year six for him and year five for Reich. Mm-hmm. We haven't won one division title. Nope. And only one Not playoff one. game. That's unacceptable. Unacceptable. And I love Ballard, but it's unacceptable. He's got he's got to find a left tackle. He's got to attack the pass rush position. We have to get a quarterback that can actually, you know lift his teammates up and make people better around him. I felt like Wentz made everybody worse. He didn't get any yak after it catches because he didn't put the ball in positions where players can make plays. Hines was basically non-existent. And that's another thing Ballard talked about today. We have playmakers. This 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 story or narrative that we don't have playmakers is just horseshit. It's total horseshit. You, we just had a quarterback that couldn't get him the ball. Mm-hmm. All the same guys were there for Rivers and, and Naheem had a great year. Zach had a good year. Pitt had a good year. All those guys had great years, I mean, for the for what they did. This year they went backwards because we had a quarterback that did not get them the ball and put them in a good position to succeed, and Hines was basically rendered useless because he wouldn't even throw them the ball. So to wrap that all up, people want to know, you know what's going on with the quarterback and all that stuff. All I can tell you is I feel a lot better now after hearing what I've heard than I did after the game. The game itself was a disgrace, and everybody knows. It. I mean, Ballard said it was embarrassing. We embarrassed the city. We embarrassed our fans. We That type of shit, that type of performance, go out there and lay that on the field, that's when organizations start making changes. Now, they're not going to make – they're not going to – people are asking me are they going to fire Fluce? Well, Fluce might leave, you know, if he gets a head coaching job and he's being – you know, he's, he's well thought of in the league and he's going to get interviews, but they're not going to fire him. Our defense has been in the top ten in scoring. And, and also top five in turnovers, I think, three out of four years, maybe all four in the turnover category. I've said this from the beginning. He's not the problem. The lack of the pass rush is the problem. We have to get a pass rusher in here to help, and that's what they need to do this offseason. But as far as you know, turnover and coaching and players, there's going to be a lot of player turnover. I think you're going to see some coaching changes on the defensive staff, especially if flu sleeves. I think you'll see probably a lot more turnover then. And then offensively, I'm not really sure yet. They're still going through – you know the beginning stages of of kind of evaluation or whatever just know that the owner of this team the guy that really really matters more than Ballard more than than Reich is just as pissed if not more than all you guys listening to this and that should make you feel good because that means something's going to change because Ursay's is not going to sit around in his in later years and just pray for a, a Super Bowl he's going to be proactive and try to get one and make it happen himself so he's told ballard and he's told right whatever you need to go get a quarterback whatever you need to go get playmakers i'm willing to spend you just have to ask so where we're at now is you know we go through the player evaluations uh and that's going to take some time they're going to look at the coaching staff that's going to take some time you know like i said with the roster they're going to trim the fat guys like banagoo that are just eating roster spots going to be gone guys that are injury prone whatever that aren't contributing enough will be gone. I, I mean, I really think this is a, this is the year. This next year yep. is going to tell us a lot about Reich and Bauer. They're either yep. going to step up to the plate and hit a home run or they're going to strike out. They're not going to be in Indianapolis past 2022. Yep. That's the way I see
1: it. And, again, I'm pissed that they're tied at the hip because I think one guy's done a much better job than the other guy, and I think one guy's kind of let the other guy down, not just on Sundays, but also standing on the table for certain guys. Like, this Wentz deal, because think about it. If Wentz is done right now and he's no longer the quarterback in Indianapolis, we go into this draft without a first-round pick because yep. of, like, our old quarterback, that sucks. Well, I don't know. Luke, I wouldn't necessarily I, – maybe I should backtrack a little. I'm
0: not necessarily sure how that's going to work out. I just know that Ursay was not happy at all with either one of them. Obviously, you know, not trading – the trade we made set us back, and I think it's a situation where they just rip the Band-Aid off of that, sh- that shit right now and not even try to force a second year because he's just not the guy. Um, I think a lot of that's frustration, but they've got to win, man. Yeah, they just they have to win. I mean, you, you had two chances at the end of this season to lock this up, and for whatever reason, and this is an issue with Reich, This team doesn't finish. It doesn't start well, and it doesn't finish well. And so that is something, another thing, you know, to get into here. They're going to change a lot of things. There's not going to be a country club training camp next year. There's going to be OTAs. There's going to be, you know, all the things they didn't do last year. They're going to do all that shit this year. Now, like, and Ballard said that in his presser, because they've been doing things the country club way, and it hasn't worked. You can't come out to start the season without really having hard practices and playing your starters some in preseason and just go out on the field and play well. It doesn't work that way. And we're 0-4 to start seasons. And I don't know, it goes back to 13, I think, the last time we won a game to start the season. That can't happen either. Like It's incremental. Like You can't start a season 0-4 or 1-4 or 1-5 and try to dig yourself out every year something's got to change with that. And I think they're going to do things, you know, to kind of change the the schedule around. So that doesn't happen. So when we come out in week one next year, we're prepared to play. I think that's a big thing. No one's talking about, but we stunk at the end of the season. We also stunk at the very beginning of the season and there's a reason for it. So um, I think you're going to see a lot of changes, you know, with that kind of stuff incrementally inside the organization, but then we have to talk about the possibility of losing dots, and Morocco Brown, both being interviewed for GM jobs. Dodds, it's only a matter of time. Morocco Brown, I think it's only a matter of time. Yep. And Fluce, because I think wherever Dodds goes, there's a good chance Fluce goes. Mm-hmm. So, um, and all these people that are, you know, they want Fluce out. You know, be careful what you wish for. He might end up in our division, and I promise you, he's going to be a better coach than you guys think. So, as far as I know, I mean, <laughs> right now. Better, he's a better defensive
1: coordinator than they think.
0: Oh, absolutely. And uh, I think I mean, I mean, I, I don't know why I have to defend them as numbers speak for themselves. But as far as I'm concerned, I, I just feel like the organization for, for the first time really knows, OK, we've got to identify a left tackle, whether it's a short term fix or whatever. We've got to do that immediately. We can't wait. We have to identify a pass rusher, whether that's Chandler Jones or somebody else. That's got to be done right away, and we have to go after that guy. We can't wait, get seconds or third-tier you know, third guys. We have to get good blue-chip guys. We don't need a lot of guys, but we need a few. We need a wide receiver to pair with Pittman. We need a tight end. And just to clear something up, the Ertz thing obviously was tied to Carson Wentz. Being here, if Carson Wentz is not here, I would expect Ertz to sign wherever
1: he is. So I made that comment. That, about- it's that tight knit. Yeah, they're best friends. Okay, I they're best sure. friends. 100- I wasn't sure because we have a lot of Philly connections, like even Reich being a connection. I wasn't sure how much that was Wentz, Reich, the combo. I mean, we could still get
0: Wentz. We could still, I mean, excuse me, we could still get Ertz. But I would I would say the chances are obviously probably 50 percent lower if Wentz is not here um, because they they, want to play together. They like playing together. And so, so so if we trade, say, for instance, if we pull off a trade for Russell Wilson and he ends up in Seattle, then I would expect Ertz to look heavily at Seattle. So I just wanted to clear that up because I know people were like, "Well, you said Ertz is 100 percent going to be here." Well, that was when I was under the impression that Carson Wentz was going to be in the playoffs this year, and we were going to, you know, and that was after the Arizona
1: game. Yeah, there's always um, a lot of moving parts with these things. It's never as clear cut yeah. as people want to make it out to be. Jason, this yeah. could all be honestly, and maybe I just need to tell myself this because I'm still not over the loss against the Jaguars or the Raiders, or just one out of the two collapsing the way we did and missing the playoffs could be a blessing in disguise if this moves you on from once. And my point is let's say we do make this trade with the Seahawks and we bring in Russell Wilson, or let's say Aaron Rodgers hits the mark and we attack him and he picks us. And we have one of those two all pro caliber quarterbacks, MVP caliber quarterbacks heading into 2022 had we have made the playoffs by beating a bad Jacksonville Jaguar team, sneaking in as the seventh seed, and losing in the first round, would that have satisfied Ursae? Of course, I know he still won Super Bowls, but does Ursae look at the season as a semi-success? Okay, we still made the playoffs. We started 1-4, and, and we climbed out of it, and we made the playoffs against all odds. And is he content with the quarterback? And then is it a little bit different of a vibe right now? And maybe it's not, but I'm just saying, like, there's a chance that that's No, you're case. right. You're 100%
0: right because it changes the optics of everything. If you if you come out and beat – even if it's, you know, he comes out and he plays average against the Raiders and plays average against the Jags and we win both of those games and then we go into the playoffs and we lose the first game and he plays bad or whatever. What you're saying is true. We're probably looking at another year of this. Mm-hmm. And we're not – like, I'm telling you right now, people that have watched him play know this. There is no way we're winning a Super Bowl with this guy. No way. You cannot win a Super Bowl without a passing game. It's not possible. And I don't want to hear about the lack of weapons. Do I think we have the best weapons in the league? No. We've got an all-pro running back. We've got a Swiss Army knife that can do everything that we didn't use all friggin' year. We've got a number one receiver. We had two decent tight ends. Not great, but good enough. And then you have, you know, you got Paris back yeah, and then Zach and, Doolin was doing some things. Are those great weapons? No, they're not. It's not even a top 10 group of players, but there are weapons there. And this story and narrative that we have just absolute total dog shit for, for skill players is s- simply not true. We have one of the best running backs, if not the best in the league, we've got a young receiver who had his first thousand yard season. We have, you know, uh, Naheem Hines, who is criminally underrated and we don't use him and we don't use him because our quarterback doesn't throw it to him. So, you get a guy in here, whether it's Rodgers or or if it's Garoppolo or somebody in that same ilk, they're going. Those guys are smart, intelligent football players. They take what's there. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are are just amazing football players. Period. But even lesser guys, Garoppolo is my uh, is a guy I think that would be p- perfect in our offense. He's a rhythm passer. He, you know, he's 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 smart. He doesn't hold onto the ball too long. Uh, he doesn't, you know, try ridiculous left-handed shovel passes like every week, for Christ's sake. I think a lot of people look at Carson Wentz's numbers, and that's what they look at, and they say, well, oh, 27 touchdowns and set, you know, only seven interceptions. I would love to know the number of inter- dropped interceptions that were there. Um, he also fumbled the ball quite a bit. I mean, so that's
1: fool's gold in my opinion. You look at the yards per attempt and also – No, it's not even uh, – not even fool's gold, Jason. It's more so this: How many times, with the game on the line, did he bring us down the field and score? I think once, but we—I mean, then he—but but the then old, he
0: erased it by throwing a, tr- a pick in the triple coverage. Well, the and he
1: also—that's the only game, and that was for the tie, not the lead. But right. in that same sequence, he threw a pick six. Then he brings us down the field. Then he throws another pick in overtime that led to a game-winning field goal. So the only time he really put the team on his back, it was sandwiched between game-losing interceptions. Absolutely. Carson Wentz hasn't done that. He never put the team. Like, there was times Andrew Luck would throw three picks in a game and maybe had a bad game. But if it was a six-point game and you had the ball on the 20-yard line, he could bring you 80 yards in a minute and a half. He could win the game for you. And Carson Wentz never really won the game for us. That throw against the Cardinals was probably the biggest throw he made all year. But even that game, like, it was kind of in control. He never really had to do it where it's like, okay, like for all the times he tried to play hero ball, when did we really need him to? And the times we actually needed him to, when did he cash in? It never happened. So right. I don't even want to say it's fool's gold. The picks were the picks. Every quarterback throws drop picks. Every quarterback throws picks that right, should have right. been caught and they were tipped by the receiver and intercepted, whatever. The touchdown-to-pick ratio was night and day from last year. I'll give him credit for all that. But at the end of the day, when did he put this team on his back? And when did he make big throws? And when did he have game-winning drives where he made guys better? It just never happened. You had Taylor wide open to that Titans game in overtime, and he threw in the triple coverage, game-losing interception. So how do you win a Super Bowl? How do you go and win four consecutive games against four of the best teams in the league, including... Probably the best team in the AFC in the AFC Championship and the best team in the NFC in the Super Bowl. How do you go and win all those games with a quarterback who has to play with a massive lead where you run the ball for 150 to 200 yards to win? Because you need to rely Loses. on that every week. It, unless Taylor it's, has a thousand yards in a playoff run in a in a four week span, how are you right. going to win a Super Bowl with this guy? It's not going to happen. So I think losing to the Jaguars and being as an embarrassment as it was. Opens the eyes to everybody and they say, OK, we have to end this a year early rather than a year late, which could be good because there's a great chance that a, like an Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson caliber quarterback don't become available next year. So it's better that it happens this year, even though it's a week well, quarterback yes. draft like that could be a blessing in disguise. So unless you're going to go out and win a Super Bowl this year, this could be even though it sucks that we're not going to wake up on Saturday and have a game or Sunday and have a game. This could be the next best thing. Because Ballard knows he has to be on his P's and Q's. He has positions to address. He has to address them. Reich knows he can't be stubborn. He has to be better. And they know that this quarterback's not the quarterback. So those are all good things. It sucks in the moment. But as far as getting this organization on track to where we want to be, which is not, oh, we got a wild card. Great. We lost in the first round. We want to win a Super Bowl. And losing to the Jags in Week 17 could get you there faster then going into wildcard weekend and losing on the road in a close game to the chiefs where people say, oh, okay, that's a good way to end your season as opposed to that's a terrible way to end your season.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great point. And, and just one other thing, people act like we have no, this team has no money. We, I think are third in cap space, the cap is increasing. I think you're going to see some cuts of guys. That's going to trim some of the fat off this roster, save some money. I think Wince is going to be end up being one of those guys, obviously there's a dead cap hip with him. Um, But it is what it is. He's just not, it's just, he can't, he can't be here. He's not, I mean, he's not going to be a backup and and you're not going to pay him to be a backup. I I think they're going to exhaust every last avenue to find a quarterback, whether it's a diamond in the rough in, in the draft or you know uh, somebody like because even if say even say if wilson and and rogers don't come here but they go other places well who are the quarterbacks at those other places is it jimmy yeah. g Good Good is point. it somebody You know, so those that's there's dominoes that are going to fall mm-hmm. so the, the colts are gonna they're gonna do what they have to do to have to the, the bottom line is they're going to be competitive next year That's their goal. They want to go win a Super Bowl. They know they can't do it with this quarterback. They know they can't do it without a pass rush. Those are the two things that they have to get fixed. I think they're going to be really proactive this year. I think they're going to go after big-time players. I thought it last year, but, I mean, he clearly said he made a mistake that not doing it. I think he's not going to make the same mistake twice. I think they're going to go out and attack free agency and try to get, you know, a pass rusher that can get to the quarterback consistently. Uh, Chandler, Chandler Jones is a guy that just keeps popping in my head I think he'd be a perfect fit for our defense and then you know quarterback they're gonna they're just gonna they're gonna scour and try to find a guy and and I think the traits are the ones that I mentioned earlier are just accuracy getting rid of the ball processing all that stuff that Carson's not very good at um, you know knowing when to just throw the damn ball away which Carson really never did um, knowing when to check down i mean if you're going to check it down who better to check it down than naheem hines or jonathan taylor you know what i mean there are there's not very many guys better in the open field than those two guys so checkdowns are not the worst thing in the world so i feel better about things going forward as far as big picture with the organization i think they i think that was it was the meeting that they had sunday night It was made clear they made a mistake. Obviously, you can't take it back. Obviously, we lost a a number one pick or whatever, and that sucks. It is what it is. Sometimes you swing and you miss. They swung and missed. Frank knows he made a mistake. Ballard knows he made a mistake. Ursay held them accountable for that mistake. Now they're going to try to fix it. So um, that's all you can really ask of your owner and, and your guys to own their mistakes. I don't know who the quarterback of the Colts in 2022 is going to be, and I'm not saying that I do. I'm just really confident that it's not going to be Carson Wentz. And that's a good thing because he's just not the guy. We saw him. It's basically Jacoby Brissett, like a a steroid version of him. And and that's just
1: not enough. It's not enough. I made a Jacoby comparison, and somebody said I was crazy. That's not fair. And I was like, listen, he's a Mm -hmm. better version of Jacoby, but Jacoby was the guy I would take for this reason and this reason only. If you're going to miss the playoffs either way, Give me the guy who doesn't cost me a first round pick. One hundred percent. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Wentz yeah. has a higher ceiling. We're talking about you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Wentz. If you're going to win a Super Bowl with one of them, it's obviously going to be Wentz over Jacoby. We could have made the playoffs. We should have made the playoffs this year, even with the way Wentz played. If Jacoby's your starting quarterback, after that one in four start, we probably really go into the tank, and we probably don't even come close. But at the end of the day, if you're missing the playoffs either way. I much rather miss the playoffs with the quarterback who doesn't cost me a first round pick, plain and simple.
0: Yeah, I mean it's,
1: that's
0: it's it's tough, man. It's, it's such a shitty situation for for us as an organization and a fan base because, you know, literally the worst situation, like the worst scenario happened. We have you know two games to win, one game to make the playoffs after starting one and five, or excuse me, one and four and three and five, zero oh, and three, all that stuff, and we mm-hmm. we get to the Raiders game. And to me, the, the the play that sums up the season, and I I know you know what I'm talking about, is the set. We have a 17-13 lead. We just got an interception from our shitty defense, from you know the way our fans talk about our defensive coordinator, but I, that's all another story. We get an interception from Leonard first play. They have the coverage bust. T.Y.'s wide open down the field. Carson, that that's a throw you have to make. He makes that throw. T.Y. scores. The game's over. That yep. was our season right there. Yep. They he makes that throw, and it's an
1: easy throw, not a hard throw. There's nobody there. Just yeah. get it. And Jason, him. a lot of people keep saying, or were saying on Twitter, that TY slowed down. I watched that and rewatched that and rewatched that again. I never yeah. really saw him slow down. And either way, the pass was so far off the mark. Right. There's no way that that was a slow down miscue. He threw no. like a laser beam 10 yards in front of him. Yeah, he has
0: no touch. I mean, listen, there's the Carson Wentz truthers are out there. and you, They have excuses for everything. It is what it is, but the bottom line is we're nine and eight, and we didn't make the playoffs. And in the biggest game, he shit his pants. Mm-hmm. He played his worst football. So, I'm off the wagon. I'm not sitting through it another year. That Jacksonville game was a nail in a coffin for me. I was disgr. I mean, that was just I, that was such an embarrassing, disgraceful performance, and it wasn't even competitive. And a large reason was because our our quarterback stunk, and our off. I mean, it was a it was a team it was a team wide loss. But listen. Quarterback gets the credit when you win. Quarterback gets the blame when you lose. And one other thing like I wanted coaching. to mention that – yeah, and one other thing I wanted to mention before we before we wrap everything up that I've never really talked about publicly but is true story. So at the beginning of the year, the Colts, like every team, they vote for team captains. And, and this is something that really – when I finish, you'll understand why this bothers me so much. So the team votes for captains. They voted for Zaire Franklin, they voted for Darius Leonard, they voted for TY Hilton, they voted for Quentin Nelson, right? Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz was not voted a captain. And here's why. He just came to a new, or- new organization. There were no OTAs, there was really no there was really no training. And once he got into training camp, he got hurt. So he was never around the team. Despite all of this, Frank made him a captain. He wasn't voted captain. He was given the captainship, which I don't agree with. I think that sets a bad example and he for the told team. told the
1: fans that he was voted captain,
0: and that's it's a it's a hundred percent not true. It's a hundred percent. I mean, I, I don't. You you can choose not to believe me, but I've talked to two people independent of each other, and that is the truth. He yep. did not get voted captain. Think about what kind of logical sense does that make? Would a bunch of players that don't even know the guy, that have never played a game with him, never mm-hmm. seen him play? Vote for him over guys that they've been in the trenches with makes no sense, and so of course they didn't vote for him. So Frank just gave it to him now. In the grand scheme, it's not that important, but it kind of speaks to Carson's ego. Because I have a couple connections in Philly, and everything that I was told about this guy has been a hundred percent true. A hundred percent true when the chips are down, he plays his worst. He can't read. He doesn't process fast enough. He makes horrible decisions at the worst time. I mean, you have to coddle him. You can't coach him hard. And, and, you know, again, I go back to that coaching him hard thing. He makes the same mistakes over and over again. That's that's from coaching. He doesn't he's not as they say he's competitive. He might be competitive, but he's not like he's not like Rivers. He's not like Manning. He's not like Luck. He's competitive. He's not even like Jacoby. Like he doesn't live in the film room. And that's why a lot of times you saw him making bad mistakes because he, you know, he didn't know what defense he was seeing or throwing in the triple coverage. I mean, so at the end of the day, for me, he's just not, he's not a good fit for this organization or this team. That's it. It's as simple as that. They made a mistake. I think you may, and I think they've realized that. And I think the best thing that they can do is cut bait. And I think that's, what's going to happen because when you make a mistake the the first thing and you you should probably do is admit you made that mistake and then get move on from that mistake. Not keep it around, you know, because these guys again, there's 52 other guys on this roster, some of which are on rookie deals that are important players. Jonathan Taylor, I love him, but his career is probably not going to be that long. So we can't afford to piss away his career. So I expect the Colts to move on from Wentz I expect them to get somebody in here. I, th- I know they're going to try to, they're going to swing for the fences. They're they're going to try to get the best possible guy they can get, but that doesn't mean that's going to happen. I just think they're going to find if that if they can't get someone like Rogers or Wilson, they're going to find a guy that fits what we do the best, and they're going to go after him. and And then we're they're going to build the best damn team that they can find, or build around him within the constraints, obviously, of the salary cap. So. I fully expect us to be competitive next year. We have a tough schedule again, but I think we'll have a quarterback that's more of a leader that steps up in big games and also, you know, doesn't shy away from pressure the way that the quarterback that we had this year has. And he's just, I, I just think he's a mentally weak quarterback and when pressure's on him, he just, he folds, man. And you can't have a quarterback like that. And the sad thing is Luke, he's got all the physical talent in the world, but he, he just, he, he's so slow processing. He holds the ball too. I mean, we've, we've been, we've, we've seen it, you know, it, it, it he's just not the right guy. Uh It's sad because he's an extremely talented guy, but he's going into year seven. So this is who he is. We can, this is not like year two or year three where you can say, Oh, he's going to make a big jump and all that. This is who he is. This is who he's been and it's not going to change. So, that's that's the that's where we stand right now. Obviously, they're going to evaluate everything, coaches, players. They're going to make decisions. I think you're going to see some trades again. I would not be shocked to see Ryan Kelly traded, because Penter's played so well. They obviously have to make a decision on Glowinski and Reed and which one, and they've got to you know resign Quentin. That's all stuff that has to be done. Uh, they're going to look at the you know the coaching staff, and and I I would be shocked if the defensive line coach is back Baker. I think they're going to move on from him they just haven't gotten enough out of that, that, that position group. So uh, you'll see some changes. They're not going to fire the coordinators. They're not going to fire, you know, Fluce is not getting fired. If anything, he's going to move on to be a head coach. And one other thing I wanted to mention, I had a buddy of mine who told me he was listening to uh, the flagship station in Indy the other day and that Kevin Bowen and Venturi. And I think Kent Sterling were all (laughs) kind of regurgitating this, this bullshit story that about halfway through the year ballard or Ursay or somebody i don't frank one of one of them went to went to Floos and said you have to start playing more man you have to do this you have to do this and then he started playing more man and the defense got better i just want to say that's that's 100% bullshit none of that happened Urse doesn't do stuff like that. Ballard doesn't do stuff like that. And Reich doesn't do stuff like that. The defense was Fluse's from the beginning. Any changes that were made throughout the season were made – Because Floose looked at the film and said, I have to make changes. That's not how our organization works. They don't get edicts from the owner or whatever to do certain things. That's not how good organizations work. That's not how the Colts work. That's not how Ursi works. And that's not how Ballard works. They allow coaches to coach, whether it's position coaches, coordinators, doesn't matter. They allow them to do what they do. That's why when you guys complain about you know, situational substitutions. It's not on flus. It's on the position coaches. They all have responsibilities. So I wanted to put that to bed. I don't know how if that's even been online or whatever, but I was told that that was spewed by Rick Venturi. And here's the thing about that. And, you know, I'm probably going to go off here, but Rick Venturi says things that aren't true. And then all these people that don't know shit about football or what's going on inside that building. That's him. It's him included. Start spewing it like it's gospel. And it's not. It's unbelievably false. And it's unprofessional of guys like Kevin Bowen to spread that shit around because that's also not true. He's saying it, too. And Ken Sterling's a joke. Nobody even listens to him. No, so I don't uh, know how you know,
1: Ken it, Sterling does anything. Yeah, I, I don't Maybe he did. Dude, I, did I just saw that one tweet, though, where it said I think it was from Erickson Ballard credits playing more man to man. And more matchup coverage brought the completion percentage down, and Ibrahulus is looking at that. What does that mean?
0: That meant that he, when when he was eval, Flus self evaluates the, you know, the play, and when they go through the season, if he sees something, he'll change. He'll he'll mix and match, and he started doing that. I want to say after the Jet game, the mini buy. Mm-hmm.
1: That's what I thought too.
0: And that weekend, he completely, I think, I, I don't know this because I haven't talked to Flus, but I do know that he certainly went to more match concepts and, and man concepts, but it wasn't because of anything anyone told him. That's, that's just not true. And so um, the organization doesn't work like that. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a good organization. People don't tell people how to do their jobs here. And, you know, Floose does, I'm sure, doesn't go to Marcus Brady and say, oh, you need to throw more screens. And, you know, he doesn't go to Ballard and say, you need to draft this guy or go to Ursa, and say, I, you know, I think so-and-so get, needs to get paid more money. That's not how it works here. Like, everybody has their role, their position. And I just, I, I heard something like, I mean, I heard that from my friend, and I just wanted to put that out there. It's not true. That's all garbage. He did make a change, but it wasn't because anybody told him to. That's not how this thing works. So I don't know what Kevin Bowen and Rick Venturi were, were smoking. Uh, yeah, but but it, it must definitely been...
1: fits their narrative. We know that for sure. Of,
0: co- uh, of course. Of course. I'm still convinced Rick Venturi wants the defensive
1: coordinator job
0: at, oh God. at age, oh, no. age 97. Age 97. <laughs> Rick Venturi coming in.
1: Oh, no. Please. Please, God, no. You know that uh, from the office with Michael Scott, where he's like, no, yeah. no, God, no, no, please, yes. no. Rick Venturi yeah. coaching my team. No, no, God. No, you don't have to. No, worry. he's not. He's not getting that. Shot. No, God, please. No. <laughs> All right, Jason, let's wrap it up. We'll be back. Hopefully some news starts dropping. Some pieces start moving and we have something to talk about in the coming weeks. We're talking to Jason. And I were just talking about maybe bringing back the weekly wrap up show which we tried a couple right. of weeks last year and it kind of got lost in the shuffle with other things. Cause news would always break like at the worst possible time. It would be like four days after we upload the weekly wrap up. And then three days later, when we get back to our weekly wrap up, everything was already talked about. So we'll see, maybe we'll bring that back. Maybe we'll do that like midweek. We'll do it on like a Wednesday instead of a Sunday or something like that. But
0: yeah, I just wanted to say one other thing. If anybody has any questions, cause I'm sure I've got my notes in front of me, but I'm sure I left something out. <laughs> Um, if anyone has any questions, anything that I've said or Luke said or whatever, just ask in the comments and I'll, and I'll try to answer the questions the best that I can.
1: Sounds just good. So we'll be back whenever. It's a little bit different in the offseason. During the season, it's always like game preview, game review, game preview, game review. During the off season, it's a little bit more spontaneous. So once pieces start moving, we'll jump on more regularly as we get closer and closer to free agency. But I do expect some shakeups before that and maybe the quarterback position. we have that date to watch with Carson Wentz with that cap hit or whatever. And what's that, March 17th? Yep. So. March 17th. Pieces will start moving momentarily. And we'll be here to cover it all right here on the 4th of Coach Podcast.